0: Hey everyone, uh, it's me, Fola, all by myself, and there's no Helen around. Um, I like doing these uh, impromptu shows, everyone, every little impromptu uh, talky bits, introductions, every once in a while. Um, I think I've got two things I kind of want to talk about very quickly just before the show gets underway. First one is, apologies for this episode, it's a bit of a shambles, it's a lot of me laughing, and uh, it sounds like we don't know what we're talking about. We do. And I think you should listen to the show, because I, I, the reason I'm pointing it out is because I still think we talk about some really cool things in this episode of Mad Men. Um, but yeah, I do kind of, I don't know, there's it's, it's a lot of laughing from me, and I feel a bit self-conscious about it, so I thought I'd point that out. Um, the other thing is, I just want to say that um, this episode specifically kind of made me realise that I think a lot of people are interested in this show because of the plot, and um, I realise that I'm definitely not. Um, there's a lot of really good podcasts that I listen to out there on Mad Men that talk about the plot, and uh, they're great. Um, obviously, we, we cover the plot as well, but really for me specifically, I don't think so much for Helen, but for me, it really is all about the subtext for me, so sometimes I can go off on one. Um, and it sounds a bit weird, but um, there is um, there is a real sort of thought behind what I'm talking about. It's just I'm not very good at explaining it sometimes. Um, so yeah, so when you're listening to this episode, keep that in mind. Um, and yeah, that's it really. I mean, yeah, I'll leave it there. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention was the fact that Life's getting in the way and it's really difficult to live and do a job and have a podcast that you put a lot of effort into. So we're thinking about maybe every now and again, um, for the most part, going every two weeks as opposed to every week. Um, We'll see how it goes. It might not come to that, but um, I just wanted to give everyone a heads up on that. Uh, If there are in the slim chance that you are sort of like on tenterhooks waiting for every episode um so yeah that's it uh enjoy the show one thing i wanted to say before before i put it down i know i'm not really good at sort of ending things but like i just i wanted to talk about little hands uh which is a freud freudian concept well not a freudian concept freudian case study um actually i'm just going to say the term little hands and if you want to google it you can google it and uh tell us what you think um if you don't it doesn't matter i'm going to talk about it on the show at some point Um, but yeah little hands Freud little hands anyway um, let's just go on with the show thanks for tuning in everyone thanks for listening Um, don't forget rate, subscribe follow us on Twitter, talk to us on Twitter talk to us on wherever you can find us Um, yeah take it away David (laughs) Cabanara Welcome to the Old Fashioned Breakdown Podcast, a reword podcast for the fantastical TV show Mad Men. My name is Fola Olacumba.
1: And my name is Helen Varley. If you enjoy this podcast, please rate, comment, and subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can do so on Twitter, which is at breakdown underscore old, or email us on oldfashioned.breakdown at gmail.com.
0: Okay, we'll get some emails <laughs> this Anyway... <laughs>
1: Maybe. In, in this
0: episode, Peggy gets to know Father gill better. Vicky meets the man of her dreams, and Sterling, uh, Sterling Cooper, roll out the red carpet to gain new business.
1: I feel like you pick out the weirdest things to like highlight as what happens in the episode. Like, I, I
0: don't if, know what you're talking about.
1: Well, Vicky meets the man of her dreams. Yes. Like what? <laughs> what? No. she doesn't. (laughs) She meets a rich wanker.
0: (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, What do you think of this episode?
1: So I really enjoyed this episode, actually. I thought it was quite nice. I thought it was... It was good... Um, in the sense that I enjoyed all the action. I enjoyed the three story. I like that there was a lot of threes in this. A lot of threes.
0: I didn't even know that.
1: Yeah, a lot of threes. There's three characters, three Sundays. Okay, okay, yeah, you okay. Know, right, like I guess lots I of lots of threes. <laughs> um, triangles. You know you like your triangles. <laughs> um I thought it was really nice to see the characters outside of the office for a change in their sort of domestic environments and it was actually quite nice to catch up with peggy a little bit because i feel like we haven't seen her much recently yeah so yeah. that well, was the good part the the thing that outraged me the most about this episode was that the women can't go to the buffet until the men have which <laughs> i was absolutely appalled by
0: yeah um it's funny you said about that That about um peggy being in this episode because i think i don't think it was just peggy in this episode i think like everybody was in this episode like all of the characters apart from um betty's friend um i can't remember her name francine
1: and helen don't forget her divorcee helen we haven't seen her for a while she hasn't been we.
0: yeah she hasn't been since the she beginning she got wrote out
1: probably yeah. that bitch
0: um and who else there's um another we,
1: character we didn't see time. um we didn't see the the horse riding bloke again
0: but he's not re- but i guess what i mean is like all the main characters we all we see all the main characters
1: you know what we do we do but we didn't see much of pete we didn't we didn't i had a little bit of my pete withdrawal this week <laughs> as he's fast become from my least favorite character to probably the one that i enjoy seeing the most just because he's such a moron
0: but he does have that great um he has a great like he says that thing doesn't he um familiarization <laughs> oh
1: <God>. and this, <laughs> full of, this episode was full of so many lines that i didn't understand that like, i didn't understand that like what was that line that um, Roger said in the bar? Where he was like, freezing the scrod or whatever.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, I was like,
1: what does that mean?
0: Yeah, so that's scrod. So that's basically, it's
1: a. Oh, enjoy a, your frozen scrod. That's what frozen, he says. Yeah, so yeah. it's.
0: it's I, I love that scrod. That's what he says. And scrod is basically um, fish. Um, it's like, yeah. it's basically all like, you know, cod and haddock and all that kind of stuff. It's fish. all them fish, yeah. Well, well no, you know, there's certain there's a certain type of fish, like a certain type of like, um, I don't know if it's like white water fish or whatever, but like white you know, water fish, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, like the certain like you know, like cod and haddock and those types of fish are kind of like the types, the sort of like, almost like the common types of fish that everyone eats. Okay. And um, they're all kind of like put into that. Um, into that sort of uh category of the same sort of fish and and it's scrub and if you want to if you want actual like i'll talk about later but if you want actual kind of like good quality fish you actually go for the specific cod or the haddock or the whatever Um, but scrub is like a an all-encompassing term and there's way more that I could talk about on that, but I'm not going to talk I about it. I mean, I love
1: that you confusing. actually looked that up and like know <laughs> that. Because I, I just went, what the hell does that mean? And then moved on with my life. But, you yeah, know. I know, I know, I know.
0: That's I should do that too. Anyway, um, so this episode for me was really, really hard to understand. And I almost gave up on the podcast because it was driving me insane. <laughs> but we didn't. And and you didn't, thank goodness. We
1: had a whole chat about before we went uh, on air where... I was just like, you know, I enjoyed the episode. I ain't got much to say about it. And he was like, I've got loads to say about it. I have, just, it made me quit almost. And I I,
0: I, like, I have got loads to say, but I don't want to. I, I, I I'm I'm really aware of the fact that when I start talking about these episodes, I kind of get really deep into it, and it can be really confusing. So, let's just talk about what actually happens in the show first, and then we can okay. talk about what I think happened. What What I think it's all about because it's all kind of. It's not particularly confusing or anything but it's just you know it's 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 almost like taking a total detour if I start talking about what I think it's about okay. as opposed to what it what actually happened so what was your favorite like scene in this episode what was oh your...
1: uh favorite scene in the episode I mean I liked um I my favorite sort of well there's two kind of storylines that I really liked Go on. um the the one about Don and his kids yeah I really yep. like that. I really like the little kid getting drunk at the office. Classic, classic Draper <laughs> child. Yeah. Um. And then I also really enjoyed the sort of Peggy storyline, but particularly, um, interestingly with her sister, because I think we saw a little bit more of like, because I mean, with with Don, I mean there wasn't anything that was especially new. I mean, we've had those no. sort of things happen before. Yeah. Whereas with Peggy, I think. You know, all we really saw was that the the sister Anita, I think her name is, was um, raising Peggy's kid. But it was sort of—is
0: it Peggy's kid though?
1: Yes, of course it's Peggy's kid.
0: I don't know if it is. One
1: hundred percent Peggy's kid.
0: Okay, all right, fair enough. I guess we haven't really had any.
1: I mean, I mean, next week it's going to be like it's not Peggy's kid.
0: <laughs> we but haven't any but it was implied that.
1: that it was Peggy's kid. Definitely. Um and. Uh, if it is not Peggy's kid then Anita's a real bitch because <laughs> I feel like I mean I I do feel for Anita as a child, I am the middle child in three. I have an elder brother and a younger brother. I have a middle sister. Well, and, and the middle child always gets it worse because you're not the first to do anything and you're not last to do anything. That's
0: what my middle sister
1: says. Yeah, and um, the hardest part of it is I also, I have an elder brother who's like a super overachiever who's like, right. like has an amazing job and like is six foot seven and looks like he walked out of a Calvin Klein, ad- Klein advert <laughs> and I'm his like short. Sure fat little sister who's a bit scatty and a bit like dramatic in her life but so it's like I've always had a thing where I feel I get you know you do get a little bit jealous of your you know the way your your, your siblings but also how they relate to your mother and like that idea of like your mother being proud of you and that whole for me that whole thing with Peggy was was jealousy over Peggy's done a lot of things that were considered to be wrong yeah. or you know
0: um basically done what she wanted
1: yeah and she said well that's the thing is she's giving away a kid she's sort of walking around in like fancy ass clothes got this high-flying job her mum's bragging about her to all the priests and everything like that mm. and the, the the other sister is just sort of there going oh well i'm like raising three kids now and like i've got my husband's a loser who's lying <laughs> on the couch she's you know taking his back out i look after everyone <laughs> and he, she gets like zero thanks for it what about me exactly what about me that whole like this whole episode is a little bit about what about me though isn't it what do you mean well i mean it is betty's a little bit what about me isn't she she's a bit kind of like
0: i think betty's a weird one in that she i don't i think she's more i think she's more disappointed in this Okay, I'll, I'll just say what I think it's about. I think this episode is all about um, fantasy and fulfilled fantasy. Well, and fulfilled fantasy and when you actually get your get what you fantasize about, how you feel and whether it pays off. Um, so if you look at like the main storyline, so you've got... So if you think about the first episode, uh, the first one of the first scenes uh, with Petty uh, and Don and they're in, that, they're in the living room and everything's going mm-hmm. nice and the mu- nice music's playing and everything's wonderful and everyone's like, you know, it's like this idyllic sort of, even the music that's playing is like this idyllic sort of music and everyone's so happy. Sounds like Christmas. It. it sounds like Christmas, exactly. Um, and then through the rest of the episode, it just kind of like takes a nosedive.
1: <laughs> yeah because she wants Don to beat his child up. Yeah. Yeah,
0: exactly. And um so that's one of the storylines and then the other storyline we have is um obviously um the um, the guys the, the office Sterling Cooper trying to get this business. Mm. So they're fantasizing about how this business is going to change literally at one point I think Pete and um and Ken and, and someone else are just sitting around the table sort of fantasizing what they're going to get when, when all these people kind of, when they finally get this business. So that's kind of one, that's the other thing. But the third one is like the most obvious one. And it's it's the reason why I put it in the, the description of the episode. It's the Vicky thing. So when we first see Vicky, who is the call girl, let's say, um... She's sitting, she's sitting with the guys, and she and literally she, she starts rubbing what's his name said, the, 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 the boss's head. Mm. Uh, and he says, "Yeah, it's been known that my head has been known to grant wish- wishes. Literally the moment he says that, and she's rubbing his head, um roger, roger. i don't know if that's a blessing <laughs> yeah.
1: well this is it
0: so like the idea i think that you, you need to take a bit of a leap of um like faith and sort of assume that she's a core girl she's an actual core girl she's not like um you know that's her job and you know you can make assumptions about the life that she leads and like the people that she actually wants to be with like you know roger's a good looking dude like you know what i mean he's very even for like a young guy he's a good looking dude i think yeah okay i, <laughs> I was just i was just waiting for that yeah confirmation yep. all right um and um and when when and basically i think what I, what, so basically when she when he comes in um she she then acts like the perfect wife literally without without even thinking about it she's like oh we me and this guy are married and she's like doing everything perfectly for him literally setting up this fantasy idea of what a perfect wife would be Mm. and obviously she doesn't know it but like Rogers had this whole conversation with his family where what did you think about the conversation they had I thought
1: that was really weird that bit I was like a bit it was kind of like I don't know I just I thought that was because there's a bit at the end where he sort of looks off isn't there and it's kind of like (laughs) Because she's going, oh, no, I don't want a big wedding. And yeah. then he said, she's like, oh, what are you going to have? He's like, I'll love the muscles, like, yeah. if you will. Yeah.
0: Well, um, before I stop you there, there's another thing in this episode where there's so much references to food. I don't know if you I got thought that.
1: you were going to say fish then. I was like, oh, my God, there's a <laughs> well, whole episode about fish?
0: Well, essentially, like, food, fish, whatever, there's loads of references to food. Loads of references to food, loads of references to sweet food as well, um, which I'll go into a bit later. I'm going to talk about Lacan later on, but I won't now. Oh, of um, but like, um, so yeah, what did you think about the whole because that's that scene's really interesting. So, obviously, they're talking, um, so this is the scene with Roger and his family at a restaurant, yeah. Right? And so, th- the really interesting part of that scene for me is the bit where his wife starts talking about her fantasy wedding and like how much she she loved it and how much she thought about it. What she says at the end is, she says, I love dancing with your father. And I want you to get that, you know, dancing with grandpa. And if you watch Jefferson, that's when his face drops and he starts staring up into the distance. Because <laughs> it's just, it's basically him thinking about how old he is and where his, wo- where his life is at this moment.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't get that because I was like, because I was really confused because I was sort of like... But he's not her grandpa; he's her dad. Yeah, exactly. That's that's. That, is that the joke? That's the joke. Yeah. Oh, she called funny. him grandpa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, it didn't, it didn't work. Yeah, I thought
1: he was like having a moment where he was just like, "Why don't I get the same order as my wife?" <laughs> I was like, "Because that's weird." Well, like,
0: well, that's it's interesting you say that because, like, obviously there is there's that weird thing where her that where the two where the guy um, the the son Brooks son-in-law. isn't it is that it? his name yeah Brooks. I think so so Brooks says like yeah I want the same thing that you're having and then later on when Roger is in the hotel with that woman or with Vicky Vicky um, he says I want what I want and they're talking about they're ah, they're talking about, the, uh, go, they're talking about the, um, the menu at the same time
1: see that's why you're here
0: <laughs> so um, I think that kind of it's like a parallel. It's it's basically about Roger getting what he wants and sort of and and the idea that his um, his fantasies kind of faded away. Another thing that I found in this episode, and I kind of put this on the Mad Men um, Facebook thing, and nobody liked it at all. But um, there's this, there's this whole thing in this episode about um, running away from trauma right so if you think about like fantasy the reason we have fantasies is to kind of like drag us out of our kind of funk maybe or to kind of like take us to a better place i don't know i can't give enough information on the whole fantasy thing because i don't i haven't read up on it enough but like basically it's a good way of escaping trauma is to sort of fantasize mm-hmm. about how you can get out of it so like if you think about the obvious one is um, the biggest one is um, Sterling Cooper, or even American Airways. The whole point that they're, d- the whole thing that they're doing in this episode is trying to get still, um, trying to get American Airways to stop thinking about the crash and move on from it. And Don actually explicitly says that at one point. Sorry, <laughs> not going <laughs> to interrupt. I was going to, but I'm not going to. Alright. Okay. Okay. Um, and then obviously you've got. um the trauma of uh, well it's kind of a, a little one but like the trauma of bobby burning his lip but then you've got the trauma of um you know roger i guess roger getting old's kind of a big trauma um the trauma of peggy trying to escape the the you know leaving her baby and so sort of trying to forget about it and move on from that okay go
1: ahead. that's <laughs> what that is right that's what that is so i had this theory about this episode but the story with roger and vicky didn't fit because I didn't get that joke. Oh, okay, okay, <laughs> right? okay. All right. But it sort of does now. Okay, so what, what's that Except your... it's not... I mean, it's not really... So I thought yeah. this was my very loose attempt at having a theory about this episode. <laughs> so I thought that the American Airlines thing was basically like a metaphor for everything that was happening in this episode. Okay. Because what they do is, yes, initially, they were like, we have to find a way to sort of apologise for this crash. Yeah. And then actually Don comes out and is like, let's just wipe over it and yeah. let's not even fucking mention it, right? Yeah. And that's kind of what happens the whole way through because it's like with with Don, he doesn't know how to discipline his child. Yeah. So And he just he doesn't bring up the fact that there was a trauma. There was a trauma and you can't help but acknowledge the trauma yeah, yeah, yeah. in any sense, yeah, right? Totally. And it's that fantasy of like at the, at the beginning they're all taking off. They're all like... On the Ascend in yeah, the airplane, right? Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at, at one point in the episode, they all hit the disaster. Yeah. And then it's how they sort of deal with the disaster. Now, I guess, because I was like, Roger doesn't really fit because he kind of just gets what he wants. But actually, that whole thing with Vicky isn't even about... It's not about Roger. It's, but no, it is about <laughs> Roger. It's about Rogers being paranoid about his age, isn't Yeah,
0: it? yeah, yeah, it is. But for me, like I said, for me, it's really about... What we're seeing is we're seeing um, this girl get everything she wants. Basically, she gets to sleep with this guy. But she doesn't
1: get everything she wants. What does she? Not she doesn't want to kiss him, and she does because he pays her more.
0: That's a good point, actually.
1: She's she is basically because you have because she kind of goes in and is sort of like old school rules and the old school rules. and Don't ask me how I know this, but no <laughs> kissing on the mouth. Um, and uh, and and she doesn't want to do that.
0: Um, I don't know. I, she doesn't
1: she, want to go for dinner with him and then he forces her to go for dinner with him.
0: I don't know if she doesn't, if she doesn't though, That's what I, I th- okay.
1: How many people do you know who like being sex workers?
0: Well, this is the point. This is what I'm trying to say. I don't think there's, um, <laughs> there's things in here that, she, so what was the, there's, there's one little thing that happens that she's, No, that's not it. No, it's kind of... I I don't know if she's being fully honest the whole time. I think... This is just my theory. I could be totally wrong. I think she's gaming him a bit. I think she's kind of... I think she gets more money. you You could say that's him getting what he wants. You could say that's her getting what she wants. But they both kind of, like, benefit from that. I guess it goes back to that whole idea of the benefactor. Um... Then they can. Oh, that's the thing. So, this is why. This is why I, I'm not sure about her motivations, right? So, in the in the benefactor episode, we see Don and Bobby, and they're talking. And Bobby kind of basically is in control, right? Mm-hmm. And Don offers to take her to her car, and that's when she, you know, throws herself at him. Yeah, and gets, gets what she wants, right? And, and the reason Don offers to take her to the car is because it's raining and he wants to, you know, give her an umbrella or whatever. And when they, when Roger and uh, Vicky leave the hotel, Roger says to her, it looks like it's going to rain as he puts his arm up for her like that. I think that's kind of suggesting, that's the, the writer suggesting that, it's, you know, it's one of those things, those echoes that they have in the show.
1: But okay.
0: I don't know, I don't know, I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's just me kind of, like, putting that there, but there's loads of echoes in this episode.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's, there is loads of echoes in this episode. I don't know, I mean, I get the impression from the fact that she turned the light off that she didn't really want to have sex with him. I don't think... okay. You know, for me, I think even with, like, the guy right at the beginning, I mean... A, a, A sex worker i mean yes i'm sure there are some that enjoy the money and enjoy the benefits but i'm sorry but having sex with someone you don't want to have sex with is never fun
0: that's my point i don't think she does like think about Okay, think about another way like so the guy that she's sitting with when she first meets roger is you know not a supermodel let's say he's just kind of like looks uh, a bit like an egg (laughs) (laughs) he looks like an egg um and then, then you got Roger with his like, you know, silver fox hair and he's kind of like dashing and he's like, you know, the richest guy in the room and all this kind of stuff. It to me, it's to me it's just the show is kind of saying that she doesn't mind sleeping with him. And it's it's less about her not wanting to sleep with him and more and I'm not saying that Don that, that Roger doesn't get away once, but I am saying that he's kind of because and because this episode's about fantasy as well. Um, because he's so um fixated on being on on being younger and sort of like you know, that's that's the thing that hooks that that's the thing that this woman can hook onto on and sort of get what she wants from that because he's kind of Oh,
1: oh yeah. I'm gonna no, use I mean, this no. word
0: vulnerable. He's kind of vulnerable in a way. Oh to that no, he
1: is, completely. So that's
0: what I mean, that's kind of what, how she's kinda of getting what she wants. I know it's kind of Difficult. It's not like I'm not saying it's like uh she's clearly just kind of gaming him and like she, you know, she's doing a job, but she's kind of got a lot out of it. I think. I mean,
1: I mean, I, monetary wise, yes, <laughs> she. um I mean, it's in he. It's interesting because you could also argue that the fact that he goes for a cool girl rather than going and to a bar and picking up a woman. Yeah. I mean, we've never seen Don. Um. Was he Cold with the, one of the prostitutes? The one of the twins? Uh, prostitutes is a bad word, i didn't say
0: that. She was a twin, she wasn't a prostitute.
1: But they, they weren't prostitutes. But no, stop no. saying prostitutes! Sex <laughs> workers! Um, because, no, they were just models, weren't they? They were just models. But, you know, we've never seen Don go, he's always managed to sort of pull women in a natural way. Without Whereas trying, you yeah. have to wonder, with Roger, it clearly is a power thing in that he does have to pay for it because I mean and we also know because they have that whole conversation about him dying and like having a heart attack and stuff like that she's got some like witty cute comeback or whatever you know we also he's he is vulnerable exactly and she does I think take advantage of him in some way of course she does because but at the same time whether or not she wants to do it we don't know enough about her I think to say because the thing is that's what she has to do to survive. Yeah, we don't know.
0: We don't know for we sure. We don't
1: know. Vicky's a mystery. All, all I'm
0: saying is, there's bad days at work and there's good days at work. And also,
1: <laughs> can I just say, like, while he's doing that, everyone's like completely stressing out at the office. Like, I'm like, oh, what yeah, a yeah. douchebag.
0: Well, this is the weird thing. So, like, um there's a so when she turns off the light, she says, like, don't worry. What she says, like, not everyone dies doing this. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that's kind of like a. Like almost like a, a, a reference to flying, right?
1: Yes, true. Very and, good. And
0: it's also, it so so it takes you back to what's going on in the office where they're trying to get this 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 other business. They're trying to seduce um, American Airlines in the way that she's trying to seduce. Yeah, um, Roger. Um, but what's really cool about that whole scene? So the whole scene with them in the office for me. Like this was the bit that kind of like broke me right when I was watching the show because like I'm trying to like you, you you were saying that you think there's something significant about that office scene right? Yeah. What would you, what did you say you thought was significant about it? I forgot. You said um, oh, I can't remember now. But yeah, I so. I wh- said
1: the worst thing about that team was the women not being able to. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sorry,
0: sorry. Um, okay, so this is this is where I can. This is why I was talking to people on the Madman Facebook group. <laughs> um, I basically kind of I was watching it, and and there's a bit where Duck is basically talking to the whole office and he's saying, and he's basically barking orders to everyone and telling everyone what to do and stuff. And he, he mentions that on the, on the day that um, American Airlines come into the office, um, the accounts people will be sat on the left and the creative people will be sat on the right. And if you know anything about the structure of the brain, the,
1: ah.
0: <laughs> the, 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 um, the logical side of the brain is the left-hand side. And the um, creative side of the brain is the right-hand side. So I was watching this and and I think basically that whole scene is basically how the brain figures out um, creativity. So like becomes creative. So if you think about them, those guys in the office, almost as if they're, I don't know, some sort of, it's like a response to trauma in some sort of way, a metaphor for the mind, if you will. And it's like, and you know, when so you see, um, Duck trying to sort of tell everyone what to do, then Don sort of grabs the um, all the creative people and takes them into an office and they do their own thing, yeah, yeah. And then there's a there's a whole thing with him and Sal. Like, Sal's kind of, I don't know if you notice like Sal's trying to explain stuff to him, but he gets all his. his his um, words all muddled up, and he can't really speak properly, and he gets things wrong, and he he feels really bad as he's walking as he's leaving the office. And to me, that was kind of that was just basically the whole creative process taking place, and how you know the brain, the the right side of the brain, it can kind of come up with all these images and all these kind of and scenarios and sort of deal with things in a very kind of uh, feeling kind of way. I don't know how to explain it, but like a feeling sort of enunciation kind of where as opposed to like just saying things um in a strong kind of you know like like doc does where he's just kind of like telling everyone what to do and he's like really straight down the line and stuff um
1: yeah but that's that's not how creativity works though i mean okay, go as on. someone who works in the creative sector <laughs> yeah, i've been to a lot of meetings so i actually like that what do you mean we're just, you know, you're coming up with ideas and then you tear them all up and then you start again. <laughs> because I think you also, you're so... I think the thing with that... Yeah. I mean, it's probably not related to the show, it's just me analysing it from a work perspective, but the thing with that is you... There were so many messages that they were trying to get through. Yeah. Which was like, fly with us. We're sorry about the crash. We're the best airline. Like, mm-hmm. There's so many different things that they were trying to convey. Yeah. I think particularly for an artist like um, Sal, you know, that's very difficult to capture because it's not clear what yeah. the actual idea is. Yeah, totally. Because there's yeah. so many different things. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that Don's going through in his head. And it's the same way in terms of like, it's almost like that battle of him trying to like, wrestle with what to do about his kid. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, there's a, a logical side and a creative side. Mm. And it's sort of like, he doesn't know. There's so many different things. Like, he obviously has concerns about his dad and, and how his dad treated him. And he's obviously got, like, his wife in one ear going like, <laughs> we wouldn't be the people we were if our dads hadn't hit us. Which is true for both of them. Yeah, true, true. Um, but Don is aware that he isn't a very nice person. So uh, his dad has actually, his being hit by his dad has made him... Also, a terrible, not a terrible person. Maybe that's a bit strong, but you know, I think that the impact of those things, and is it easier for him to? And I think that's why he has that moment where he like storms out of the office and that like, sort of walks down the middle. That like, great shot where they're all like looking at him and he's like, "Right, we're gonna just ignore this apology." When he says, "Oh, we're sorry, sorry," gonna, okay. you know, th- no. it's a bit further on. But, I don't mean yeah. You know, I think it's very. It's, I mean, and also they're scrambling to get this done. And if you've ever had to prepare a pitch at that hour, it's like, fucking hell.
0: So I have an interesting... So that bit that you're talking about when he just bursts into the office. Yeah. Um, I had a different read on it. So I was thinking that when he comes out and he just basically, all the things he says, they're all... It's like a piecemeal kind of um, speech. That just comes from he, like he's taking lots of famous, almost epic things from other speeches that other people have used, and one of the things in that in the whole scene and that whole kind of thing in the middle of the um in in the middle of the episode, one of the big things about it is Sally being there, yeah, and sort of Sally kind of watching everything going on, yeah, and like picking up all these things, and I think that's kind of what's been reflected in the speech that don makes is like how we pick up things and use those things to the, how those things that we pick up from you know all the things around us become our own creativity okay okay <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? Or is that kind I mean, of... I
1: guess so. I guess like I don't remember it sort of word. I just remember him coming out and being like, "Right, we're not talking about the crash anymore because <laughs> nobody wants to hear about that. We're just going to talk about you taking off and you land and it's And
0: and also yeah, and and also the fact that he does that. I think you mentioned it earlier. Like he says that, um, yeah, we're not going to talk. We're not going to think about the. We're not going to think about the past. We're going to. Go straight forward, but, and then as soon as as soon as they say that, and actually no, as soon as they say, as soon as that scene ends, we see a scene with Pete saying, "Now I can't talk about the past. I can I can only talk about the future. That's really annoying." And Duck tells him, "Uh, well, you just have to let the creative part do its job." Yeah. And then everyone walks away, and we see Sally, Sally pick up a drink. Yeah. Do you know where I'm going with this?
1: creative being drunk
0: well well, I feel more about the fact that it's about um how if you block off um you know traumatic problems in your life and try to pretend they never happened you then have to start self-medicating
1: um (laughs) okay yeah, I don't know, I didn't quite get that far with it. I, I mean, like I say, for me, I know Sally was there, but I do feel it was more like him skirting over the issues of what what's happened with... Because Bobby's been a little shit this episode. Like, he's, oh, you yeah. know, he's broken the bed, he's broken the hi-fi, he's burnt his lip on a baking tray. He's
0: basically been... He's basically done something bad in every day... Or every yeah. week, or whatever.
1: Well, he's a little boy, isn't he? I mean, but, big... like,
0: I don't... Under- I, I, what I don't understand is, like, why that was happening. Like, why... Why does he keep doing bad things? They never kind of...
1: Because his parents don't pay him any attention, that's why. You think? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, she basically tells them to get lost, like, half the time. So they made them a bloody... What looked like a bloody Mary. mm and then they were told to go and like watch TV and then they get home from wherever they've been as a family and she's like, go to bed and it's like 7.30 or whatever. Like, well,
0: no, but that was, so when they hadn't, they'd been in all day, <laughs> they'd just been drinking. Oh that's, yeah, so.
1: well then there you go. But it's that thing, isn't it? Where it's like, there wasn't, it is very much like go and sit in front of the TV. Like she, she's, she acts like she's a really great mother, mm. but she's not Yeah. and that's the thing and I think you know she's very hard on him and she, he's, no,
0: she's specifically hard on him
1: yeah because he's the little shit like you know and because i don't know like she get the little sally i mean she you see that whole part where like she runs in and gets like a hug from her dad and all that kind of stuff that
0: hug from her dad is very reminiscent of the picture that they do for
1: mohawk airlines Oh yeah Oh. Well, echoes um, yeah I mean I don't know I mean I'm speculating really but I, I mean I would say that he does a lot of what he does because, and he's also curious he's also like I mean the thing with a baking tray I mean which kid didn't do that when they were a kid like you know I mean I didn't burn my chin on it but you know trying to sneak a cookie off the baking tray while it's still hot or whatever it is and I feel like, you know, he's actually behaving very naturally, yeah. but he's being forced into behaving very, in a way yes, that's is, unnatural for him. And that's what, true. that's, and Don's going through the exact thing, same thing, because Betty's trying to force him to behave in a way that's unnatural to him by wanting him to discipline his child. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's uh, interesting that you talk about about uh, what is, what was it you just mentioned um, Betty so the interesting thing about um, okay so <laughs> this is where this is where I take a little detour um, you know the bit where they're jumping on the bed
1: yeah um, idyllic before it goes wrong
0: kind of idyllic yeah I, I think so I think the idea about this for me anyway the thing that stood out to me was the fact that Sally says something about Betty's feet oh yeah and so feet have this thing oh god (laughs) you know there are certain there's a certain subsection of the world that enjoys feet yeah let's say uh it's kind of like a fetish right yeah and Lacan talks about fetishization and um it's kind of it's another one of these fantasy things right mm. and <laughs> thing about fet the thing about fetishes is this is really hard where's this going it's very hard to talk about because I don't fully understand it like I keep saying Um, and this is just weird what's your fetish weird as freak Uh, I've got plenty of fetishes have you Believe that oh we can talk about that afterwards (laughs) we can talk about it afterwards Um, (laughs) so the thing about um, fetishes is it's kind of like so Lacan's kind of explanation for them as far as I can understand it is a fetish is basically the covering up of a phallus, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. So any, so like it's almost like the fetish is the thing. It's almost like it's like the it's the thing you can't see but you want to see. That's the fetish. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not I'm not a hundred percent on this, but basically basically the the main thing about the, f- the fetish is anything that's fetishized is it's essentially the phallus right we, we fetishize the
1: phallus and Are you saying Betty has phallus feet
0: I'm saying that in I'm saying that in this episode Betty is the masculine <laughs> part of the the, 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 the the relationship between her and Don yeah and she doesn't want to be that no and she hates it. Mm. And that's why she's so angry. Uh And she's really, really... She's actually angry at Don. Um, But she takes that out on Bobby. Because he reminds her... It's like that whole thing of um, repression again, where you don't take it out on the person that you're actually angry at. You take it out on something else that's kind of easier to take your anger out on. And also, you know when they get into their little fight? Yeah. What did you think of Betty's reaction to Don pushing her?
1: Well, I mean, she was pretty shocked, wasn't she?
0: She was shocked, but I found it weird that she wasn't... She didn't look...
1: Do you think she was turned on? A bit? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, 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 maybe
0: not turned on. I think she actually looked at him with, like, a weird almost like quizzical look like i don't know if it's respect or what but it's almost like it wasn't white it wasn't
1: but it's that whole thing that's that whole thing though where she's like the whole way through going you should hit him you should hit him he's not yeah. behaving and yeah. then don hits her yeah, yeah, yeah and it's and that and that's that thing isn't it it's that whole mirror thing of like he's yeah. just done that yeah like... sho- i'm sh- i'm shocked by that
0: was, was she? That's my That's what, That's what point, though. It, was she? she it's, again, it's the the wish fulfillment, isn't it? It's like she kind of that's what she wanted, and
1: she got it. She into a little bit
0: of uh, BDSM. She, well, <laughs> it's so funny. Likes being slapped goodbye. It's no, it's so funny you mentioned that <laughs> because okay, we did the episode. I was actually gonna start the episode with this, and I totally forgot. Um, we talked about the benefactor last week. Or whenever it was two weeks ago yeah and um we were we kind of talked we were going back and forth about like how you know it's about some person being in charge and i was saying that and you were saying no it's about these it's about benefactors and everyone sort of benefits from everyone and yeah, i said yeah. no it's about people uh, like about dominance and sort of mm. people and we totally didn't mention anything to do with Lacan in the, that episode i oh mean my, my god it but it just <laughs> happens to it just happens to be But one of Lacan's big subjects is sadomasochism. Oh, (laughs) my favorite. Come on
1: then, what does Lacan say about sadomasochism?
0: Well, it's more, it's well, okay, so we're taking a a little bit of a detour into the benefactor now, but he says, and we didn't really talk about this, but it's, for him, like, there's no such thing as a sexual relationship. A relationship, a, a, a relationship that involves sex is really about people getting something from each other, getting sex from each other. And it's not the relationship that's the part of it. And there's, um, there's always someone who's more dominant and there's always someone who's more kind of, um, submissive, submissive. Yeah. And, uh, I think we should leave it there. <laughs> Which one make... are you? <laughs> Let's, uh, move on and talk a bit more about three Sundays. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'd like to think I was more dominant, but I don't know. Anyway, Me too. <laughs> anyway. Uh, let's talk about something else in this episode.
1: Let's talk about Peggy. We haven't, shown, we haven't shown Peggy much love.
0: What a good idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so... I don't know. Peggy's... So, Peggy... This, like I guess the whole episode... I guess this episode really is about Peggy, right?
1: Can we talk about Father Gil? Okay. Right? Should we start with Father Gil? Let's do hunky, that. Hunky... Uh, hunky priest. Well...
0: Um, wow well. the the um the the young hanks he's a uh, tom Hanks's son
1: oh is he, <laughs>
0: he is yeah
1: ah, well that explains a lot <laughs>
0: um,
1: um yeah so we first meet him while peggy's trying to sneak out of church
0: yeah we do so we meet him when he's trying to, when she's trying to sneak out of church and also there's all there's the um two boys not just the two boys but the the priest did you hear what he was talking what he was saying
1: no i mean i went to church like my mom used to make me go to church every sunday so i know how to zone out that stuff so every
0: (laughs) so i know exactly what you mean um so everything he was saying i'm gonna read you a bit of it it's kind of a bit kind of uh intense but i'll read i'll read what he says uh but when the flesh lusts after the spirit and the spirit lusts and the spirit after the flesh the rational soul is supported by the cross of Christ. Nor does it, when seduced by evil desires, consent to, to evil things, for it is pierced by the nails of constance and fear of God. At times we must live worthily, so at all times we must bear the cross, which each one is right, which for each one is rightfully called his. But it is born. By each one now anyway yeah <laughs> anyway yeah. what's what's interesting about that is um all the stuff about sedu- sed- seduction so it's basically setting up the whole episode um and we also see so we 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 see all that and then we see her going to meet the meet the priest and the first thing he says to her is is it too cold in here <laughs> Does that mean
1: Was she cold?
0: <laughs> it's like the whole thing of like how heat and temperature is about. or a nipple showing? No, it's the sex, it's like the, the reference to um, Indian summer.
1: Oh, I forgot. <laughs> Fucking Indian Summer. It's always about Indian Summer.
0: It, it comes up a lot. It comes up oh, another time like as well.
1: In four series, we're still going to be going up. with like Indian <laughs> Summer.
0: We are. No, do you know what? That's the whole point of this show, I think. Is, Indian Summer. No, it'll just, it'll, it'll just keep, you'll just keep seeing echoes of different episodes. Here. Right. Because what, what they do is they use references to episodes to, um, to let you know about the emotional state of the characters.
1: So, basically, it's telling the story of people's lives. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I guess you could
0: say that. It's like a
1: drama, I guess. And they're remembering their past in yeah. terms of how they act in the future.
0: Yeah, kind of. Okay. Um, but, like, I thought that was really interesting because it's, like, it's it's almost setting up. So, he says, um, is it too drafty in here? And she says, no, because... It's just saying that it's not about sex between the two of them, but there is an attraction. Well,
1: she there. is, but she is hot, isn't she? Because she went outside to get some air, so she is hot.
0: She didn't go outside to get air, she went outside to leave.
1: Well, she's, <laughs> she was pretending she was hot.
0: Yeah, true. But she doesn't say that. Not okay. to
1: him. Well, yeah, no, she doesn't come out and go, I'm so hot. Um, Anyway, so they have a nice conversation. There's a little bit of like, mm, hello yeah. there going on. Naughty priest. And then we see him again. because. Well, then we learn that he's going to the house for tea, don't we, or something. Yeah, she's going to meet
0: um, Peggy's sister. And
1: Peggy decides she's going to get in on some of that priest lunch action.
0: Well, that's interesting as well, because um, when we first see Peggy um, in the house, we might go a bit over time today. Um, when we see Peggy in the <laughs> house, when we first see Peggy in the house, uh, first of all, she talks to... You know the good for nothing dad who's like lying on the floor um and then which which is kind of like it's like a reference to the fact that there's no real father figure in the in the house obviously um but then she opens the door to father gill right mm. and then as soon as as soon as father gill walks in that woman walks in with the cake okay <laughs> And
1: I feel like this is some sort of like weird puzzle that I've got to sort of work out. <laughs> like, what be. does the cake mean?
0: The cake is kind of... So, okay, so I'm going to describe what I think the cake is by describing what I think the title is about, okay? So, um, the title is Three Sundays. Yeah. Which is obviously like three, set over three Sundays.
1: No shit, Sherlock.
0: <laughs> but... There's also this thing that Freud, I think it was Sigmund Freud. Um, it might have been Lacan, um, This story that he told about, or oh, not even a story, it's more kind of like an analysis of dreams. And his theory was that if you're dreaming about um, ice cream, you're actually dreaming about, you're actually hungry. No, when you're hungry, you dream about ice cream. You don't dream about like the boring stuff. You dream about the sweet thing. But really, all you really want is something to eat. It's just the dream is telling you that you're hungry. Okay. And that's basically what the title means on a different level. So, three Sundays, i.e. three Sundays, three, you know.
1: Oh, my God. Are you actually <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> me it's today. in three ice cream Sundays. Three
0: ice cream Sundays, yeah. And it's like the three Fuck different God. stories. Fuck. And um, and so the cake to me is basically, it's telling us that um, you yeah, know she she comes in with the cake. It's telling us that the um, Peggy um, fancies the, the, the priest. <laughs> yeah. We
1: need the cake to tell <laughs> well, us you about know, that. And
0: not, not only no okay. So not only that. So later on in the scene, they're all sitting around the kitchen table, mm. and Peggy brings the cake in yeah and that's the point where just before so that's when he's talking uh, that's when the, the priest is talking and it's kind of it's a hard one to explain but like he so when she brings a cake in he, he they i can't remember what they, they're talking about exactly but just after that she says that she has to leave <laughs> you're looking at me funny <laughs> she says that she has to leave and um, Father Gill's like, oh, I need to leave as well. I'll take you. I'll I'll give you. I'll drop you off. And I feel like it's there. It's like that that the cake is basically referencing the fact that they fancy each other. But oh my god! Um, because it's so hidden.
1: It's not hidden. It's so obvious. (laughs) Oh my god! The fact that he like gets up is because that's a classic dude move. (laughs) Oh, you're leaving. I'm gonna go with you. Gonna get my alone time. Oh, are you? Oh, are you gonna come back into church? Because you've just seen my hot priest
0: body. But no. But hang on. They don't. Nothing happens though.
1: Yeah, but you see her i mean she's got that look about her when she like, when she's into something she's got like a look about her
0: yeah definitely like, you
1: can see it from her straight away and he's yeah. just a, he's just a, like, a cheeky priest
0: <laughs> what did you think about them in the car
1: um because
0: that 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 kind of kills it right
1: well i think it's i think it's a tricky one because he's a priest so I mean I think she doesn't really know. I mean, I think it's I think it's that thing where for her, he's the unattainable man. He's almost like the Pete Campbell.
0: Or the phallus.
1: Well, he has a phallus.
0: <laughs>
1: but I think it's one of those things where with with Peggy, she's a she's a damaged woman.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but she doesn't like to show it. And this is the first guy who's like, you know, shown a fair bit of interest in her. Um And I think because he's a priest, she doesn't know how. It's a bit. It's the forbidden fruit all over again. It's the the phallus. That's what the the phallus phallus is. I mean, no, isn't the phallus just a big willy? No,
0: well, yeah, but like, no, but it's a veiled the high. The idea is it's veiled. You can't. You can't get it's. It's forbidden. You can't see it. That's why it's attractive. That's why people want it. That's what a fetish is, essentially.
1: Okay. It's a. I that's all the is, cancers anyway. there probably is a fetish around priests for sure yeah. and nuns and all that kind of nonsense but you know I think it's it's that thing <laughs> with him of like yeah I mean okay he's a phallus <laughs> that scene though i did I did like that scene because he's sort of and I think what's I think what piques her interest in him is that um he shows an interest in her work
0: okay. That's interesting.
1: Yeah, because it is very much like he's actually interested in what she does. Mm.
0: What I thought about that scene when they're in the car is, yeah, she does find something interesting what he does, but I like what she descri- I like how she describes how to um, talk to a, an audience of people. She says, um, pick somebody and make eye contact with them. You'd think it make you nervous, but it actually really focuses you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of like how a fantasy works where out of all the things that you could do you know think about when you're
1: Fantasizing about fallacies. Think about
0: when you're think about when you're depressed and you're I don't know, recovering from trauma or whatever. Um, what you need to do is you need to focus on one thing to get you through it. To pull you through. So you need to find something that you're obsessed with or you're sort of like and that's kind of, I think Don kind of mentions something similar uh, when he's um being a reference to the mind later on. Um, and he says, like, you know, we need to focus on one thing. Um, and yeah, and it's kind of like, again, just kind of reiterating that thing that comes up about, about fantasy. Um,
1: All right. Fine. <laughs> so then we don't see him for a little while because he's doing his sermon that he's written.
0: Mm-hmm. It's we do. It's funny that because like the mum, like when when he comes back the next week, um to the to the um to the family, and we almost get like a, a repeat of what happened. Mm. Um, you see that um obviously Peggy's not there. Yeah. And he and he he comes in and he says, "I can't stay because Mrs McCarthy or Mrs Yeah yeah uh, is ill." Yeah. she's taking a, she's taking a turn for the worst so i've got to leave and it's like okay and then he says where's peggy and she says uh the mum says oh peggy's ill and we know for a fact that peggy's not ill she's at work right mm. so it kind of, <laughs> it's just the fact that he's clearly lying about having this woman who's taken the turn for the worst and it's just him doing exactly the same thing that's Peggy that peggy's doing
1: it's <laughs> hilarious
0: i think it's hilarious <laughs> it i bet you just laughed your way through I, li- this I literally do you know what, when i when i worked that out i, I thought it's hilarious there's lots of things in this that are like silly that like you normally wouldn't laugh. i up. mean
1: she lied because she's not supposed to work on the sabbath oh, i guess so yeah and
0: he lied because he, he lied just doesn't want to be with that because
1: I mean, to be fair, like two Sundays in a row is a bit much for anyone, isn't it? I mean I guess. And then that congregation was massive as well. Like, why does she get the priest every single week?
0: This is true. This is so true.
1: I feel like that was, the lying was sort of justified. Yeah. And then there's that whole handing over the note thing. And that's, I think, the moment when we see Anita sort of. Yeah.
0: Really sort
1: of start to let her fantasy or, or nightmare run wild where yeah. she sort of starts to see that. Peggy's totally. getting special attention from this priest.
0: Totally, yeah. Um and then she kind of calls the mum out on it, doesn't she? Later on. Um when so have after she after her and um her mum have talked to Peggy on the phone. Mm-hmm. Her mum's kind of like, you know, glowing and gushing about how how good it is that Peggy knows the priest and how they're getting to know each other and stuff and she then that's when she kind of lets go with the whole thing of like she just does whatever she wants and like you don't say anything and stuff yeah um but what's really cool is at the very end of that scene um her mom says um is jerry as jerry started the car yet because Jerry's basically her husband and um anita treats her husband exactly the same way that her mom treats um, Betty. Peggy. <laughs> Didn't notice
1: that. Did you know that?
0: Didn't notice that Okay. <laughs> Didn't really he was a bit of a non character for me. <laughs> he, he? he was, he was, but he's if I I think there is a, a little um a little connection between the two of them. But um let's talk about the um let's talk about the
1: uh, The confession the confession, yeah. I mean that's just very sly on her part, isn't
0: it? It is.
1: I mean, you could take it. You could take it either way, really. You could say that she's just going and having a normal confession because she's a good woman, mm. or you could say she wants to let this priest know that his sister's trouble.
0: Well, I saw the conf- the confession as like in three different parts, and it kind of solidified what the episode was about to me. Um, like the first part. Hang on, I'm just trying to find it now. Well,
1: she still says she steals the money, doesn't she? The first part.
0: Yeah. So the she it's not that she just steals money. It's like she does three things. She 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 confesses to doing three things. One is she was in the laundromat.
1: Yeah, and she took the money on the machine. She
0: took the money in the machine, and she said the Lord's name in vain.
1: Yeah, that was the second one, and then the third one was that she really like was really angry with her sister.
0: Yeah. But, so let's just stay on the laundromat thing for a second. Because that, to me, the only other time, you know, talking about how many references there are to other episodes in this this episode. Um, that, to me, was like a reference to... <laughs> to Indian Summer. <laughs> <laughs> Indian Summer's a really important episode. But that's, you know, the, the, the Betty on the... The washing machine thing okay and i can't remember what i said but i, I it, to me it was like that episode is basically about uh, women's rights and kind of like women kind of you know in the ambiguity of sort of not knowing what's going to happen just kind of picking something that they want to do and just going for it no matter what the um Consequences are mm-hmm. so that's kind of like setting up what she is about to do, mm-hmm. and um I can't remember what the next part. So the next part is she talks about what was it you said? I can't remember. So it's Lord Name Yes, yeah, so she takes the Lord's name So to me, that was just a joke about sex, basically. Um, <laughs> So, you know. <laughs> um, so
1: she used the coins. That, so the washing machines are phallus I'm
0: not saying that, that this is what she did. I'm just saying that she you used could... the
1: coins, got her jollies off, you said "Oh could... God, Oh God, Oh God" three <laughs> yeah, times, you... and then was angry at her sister. Yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs>
0: you, could, you could say that's what happened. I'm not saying that is what happened. I'm saying that's you wouldn't you could, put it past an each other dirt. You, the dirty you bitch. could totally put it there. Um, and then so and then so then what happens is. Father Gill starts basically telling her how good she is and how she's an amazing person and how, she, you know, she's stronger than her sister basically doing the same thing, like seducing her and trying to make her feel better just through these words and just kind of like, oh, you know, you're amazing, you're incredible. And, you know, it's a total seduction thing to make her get over what what's happened. But then the very final part of the scene is they do the... Was it contr- contrition?
1: Yeah, were they like... The Hail Marys and all that yeah. kind of stuff, isn't it?
0: Um, and that's basically just using language to... Um, like, u- using language to kind of affirm how you feel. And Lacan says that language... Not just Lacan, but other people... Uh, Lacan says that language is consciousness. Hi, it's me again. Um, I need to help myself out. (laughs) So what I'm trying to say in this bit of the the podcast is that Father Girl, and Anita are basically trying to use symbolism words to make the imaginary, what they believe, real. Uh, You know, real. Um, And if you know about the lacan kind of registers which i keep touching upon it's kind of those three things all working together in tandem and that's essentially what the episode's about i think i don't know anyway thanks for listening to the if you got to this far in the in the podcast and you're still listening thank you for listening i know it's not easy anyway let's get back to me badly trying to explain the three lacan registers and That's basically, and, and also that language is like language is part of, you know, I keep talking about these three registers, the, the real, the, um, imaginary and the symbolic Mm -hmm. Well, language is part of the symbolic. Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of this episode, as well as being about, um, fantasy and stuff is really about the symbolic and how it works to kind of facilitate fantasy and how we think about and how we yeah how we pull ourselves through trauma and stuff and how we use the symbolic the symbolic world so like language and the images that we see and just gestures and all that kind of stuff (laughs) i'm kind of i'm really boring you now this is why (laughs) this is why i wanted to leave this to the end um but yeah um and 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 to to top it all off at the end of the episode we see um father gill gives her the egg yeah which is obviously symbolic of so many different things yeah and it's a Birds like indian summer exactly (laughs) (laughs) wrong episode that's shoot um (laughs) and um and so the 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 the, the egg is basically like a a symbol of so many different things and even like matthew weiner said it um so yeah i i just there's a lot of there's a lot in this so, episode.
1: But, in this I mean episode. I think there is a lot in this episode. I just have something to say about that last go on, bit go on. as well is how fucking sly is that priest? <laughs> Cuz first of all confessional is 100% confidential. Yes. And he basically lets slip that he knows. Well, and you have to but you have to ask why he does that because first of all it's also a breach in terms of you know, obviously Peggy isn't going to necessarily know it's come from confessional. Yeah. But it's it's a breach in trust. It's also against the rules of his religion to do that.
0: I don't think Peggy, like, I think this is the thing. So, this is why the whole symbolic thing is kind of quite significant because I don't think she knows what he's talking about. Like, she knows something's different, but she doesn't know.
1: Oh, the, she so knows. No, nah, I don't know. No,
0: she, does. she does. She's kind of, she knows something's up. But she doesn't know. He
1: basically gives her an Easter egg and says, this is for your child. <laughs> he says, this is for the little one. Yeah, which means your child.
0: But she doesn't, I don't know. Oh, I, come
1: on. You, oh, come on. I mean, I bet she's thinking about that so much yeah, like, she, all of her
0: she, life. She'll be thinking about it in her head. Like in her her in her imagination, she'll be thinking about, oh, I wonder what that means and all that kind of stuff. So I guess that's kind of, that goes back to the, the can thing. Uh, in terms of the imaginary, but, like, she doesn't... Like, that's the point, is, like, he doesn't... She doesn't actually know what he's saying. It She has to use those two registers. So, basically, I think... And that's actually interesting you bring that up. I think that final shot of him walking away in quite slow motion is basically the three registers all together. So, you've got, like, Peggy's... um, Peggy's trauma which is the real and her imagination of what um of what this egg he's given to her is which is the imaginary and and the egg is the symbolic am i making any sense to you whatsoever
1: (laughs) i mean i get it i mean for me it was this whole thing i mean she's clearly only turned up for a little bit of a flirt with the with the Priest, who's unattainable, hmm. but she likes being desired. Like it, she, he's her fantasy. Yes, he's her phallus. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
0: yes, yes, he is. He is, and I it's like sort it. of
1: like, <laughs> and the egg. You could also say is like femininity. Could do yeah. Like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he's basically it's his basically way of saying I'm not interested in you anymore. <laughs> you have a kid who's illegitimate. You awful, awful woman. um <laughs> And then walking away. And, and to me, that was... But, but she, she knows... She, I'm sorry, but she 100% knows what he's talking about. But
0: that's my point. Like, no, she doesn't... She hun- does! She doesn't 100 Oh my God, she, she so dumb. She, she 80%, no. 90% does.
1: No. <laughs> she- 100%. No,
0: she doesn't 100 because no one's told her. Like, she doesn't... Like, we. yeah, we know that it's kind of highly likely that she knows but we don't know for 100% sure. I mean, we know. But we've had to put those things together with our imagination. She's had to put all this together with her imagination. So she doesn't know for sure because no one's actually... What
1: else is it going to mean? What is the alternative meaning to this is for the little one? But
0: that's the point. That's the point. The whole symbolization. that's what I was talking about when I was trying to make sense of the, the real, the imaginary, how it all comes together for this final shot. So it's like she doesn't know for sure, but she can put it together... By using the fact that she has this child that nobody knows about this real child that nobody knows about and she and this this egg means something and the only thing it can mean is that he knows and she can only know that by imagining it does it does that make sense like the three things come together well,
1: yeah, I mean I guess it's not a fact <laughs> But I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious.
0: It's pretty obvious. But that's—I think—that's what that final shot is trying to okay, fine, get to get get. You to win. The point of. Um, you win this round. <laughs> thanks, <Fola. laughs> Yes. Um, <laughs> I have. I have
1: two more things to say. Go on. The first is I have two references. Ooh, go on. First of all, Betty's reading a book by F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Second yeah. of all.
0: Harry is the head of television. Yes, he is. There we go. But when, Those are
1: my references.
0: So like the Harry is the head of television, right? Just so just just to just to cover that in a bit more detail. He, um, that, that that's another thing. You know when we were talking about Harry last season, last mm. last episode and, we, and I was saying that he's kind of like a metaphor for younger Don.
1: Yeah.
0: I think it's interesting that um, Duck kind of points Harry out In that scene. Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And it's like, you know, to me, it was like, oh, yeah, he was a metaphor. and And this whole scene is a metaphor for the mind. And that's kind of why they point him out, mm. I think. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what I got with that.
1: Strong finishing there. Strong I don't, finishing. I don't know if we finished yet. Oh, have, you got, have you got more? <laughs> yeah,
0: I think, uh, well, there's there one more scene that I wanted to talk about that we haven't really got into that was really interesting. And that's the scene when Bobby goes to visit Dom. Oh, yeah. Oh,
1: I love this scene. Did you? Yeah, I thought it was cute. Hang on. No,
0: No, 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 no. Not that Bobby. There's another Bobby There's another scene where. Oh, the. <laughs> you mean the one
1: with the woman? Yeah. Are they both called Bobby?
0: They're both called Bobby. Yeah. No. That's really interesting. Are we be.
1: sure the kids called Bobby? If I just made that up.
0: No, the kids called Bobby.
1: That's weird. It is
0: weird. I'm sure there's a reason for that. Um, I was thinking about that today, actually, but I didn't really have an answer. Anyway, so. Let's talk, about, let's talk about both scenes and then we can call oh, it out. Oh, jeez. Guys,
1: hope Helen's you've got another really 20 minutes.
0: Helen's really, really tired. <laughs> really tired. It's
1: like, don't, you don't understand, right? It's It's gone 10 o'clock on a Monday night. It's like, you know, it's been a long day working from home. It has.
0: It has. And we can so, get this out of the way. Let's. Just, all right. Let's all right. Just, which
1: Bob are we starting with? Let's
0: do let's do Scary Bobby first. Okay.
1: um you mean Glamorous Bobby?
0: Glamorous Bobby. Sorry. Sorry. Um, do you have anything to say about this scene?
1: Um,
0: no. It doesn't sound, <laughs> it doesn't sound like it doesn't sound like you do. Um, I think this scene's really interesting because it does refer back to the old episode, like the benefactor, right? There's a, at one point um, um, Bobby says, no, what did he say? That's it. Did I interrupt you? And he says, I was working or something like that. When he says that, she smacks herself on the on the on the knee in a very kind of like naughty kind of girl kind of thing, and um, then later on, like she comes up with this idea, um, this idea for um, what's his name, um, Jimmy, Jimmy, to do a
1: candid TV
0: show, to do a candid TV show, yes, and the the name of it is uh, Grin and Barrett. The reason I want to talk about Bobby is basically at the end of that scene. She drops her coat on the floor. Yeah. And the next thing we see is a picture of um, Pete. Yeah. And if you remember in the last episode of the Wheel in in, in the wheel. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, you will remember it. You will remember it. Like, there's a bit where um <laughs> Roger uh, not Roger, Pete is Pete Pete comes back home and um, Trudy's there with a with a mum and a dad, and there's like all this pressure on Pete to have a baby. Oh and yeah, he's like, and he's and he's just pissed and he just wants to go to bed, and he walks into the flat and he walks into his bedroom and he just drops his coat on the floor, and it's like this. <laughs> Do you, do you i love it? that you
1: were like you'll definitely remember that and i literally he, have like have no. Like no recollection of him dropping his coat on the floor i mean he, jesus christ he, he
0: kind of just walks and it just drops and the, the the camera focuses in on it but anyway the reason i mentioned that is because that is obviously about how he's kind of like locked into this kind of you know he, he can't this role and he can't get out of it and, mm. he, and he desperately wants to get out and that's basically where Don is. Don's kind of like in the same place now where he's kind of opened up. I think you even said it last last week when we were talking about the benefactor. He's kind of opened himself up to this lady and she now has kind of him locked into this kind of weird relation, this weird sadomasochistic relationship and she can't get out of it and they, they both can't get out of it. Yeah. But that's that. Cool. Now let's talk about, finally, let's just talk about Bobby and uh, the... Not scary, Bobby. Cute little Bobby.
1: Cute little Bobby. Aww.
0: Um. Yeah. So that's an interesting scene because it's all about the dads, isn't it? Really. There's a lot of dads in this episode. A lot of like references to fathers, mm. and we could talk. We've about, had
1: mothers, so it makes yeah, sense. we have.
0: Um, we could talk about the name of the father, but we've talked about that, so there's no point. Um. But um. Yeah. So what did you want to say? did you want to? I just about
1: thought it Bobby? was lovely. It was a lovely scene where, I guess you know, it's that I, I mean I don't really know what to say about it to be honest. Like I just I like that his thing was, We need to get you a new dad and <laughs> I was like, Oh, you're so cute <laughs> Um But yeah, I think it I think it was I think it's just that thing where I mean the reference I get from that, and it is one that has stuck in my mind, is when he he's upset and he goes to see Bobby and he says, I'll never lie to you. Mm. Mm. And it's like he does he has to you know he has to he's confronted the truth of his past with his wife or he does later actually doesn't he, he doesn't do that it's it's almost this moment that makes him unlock and say oh to yeah betty yeah. you know my dad used to beat me so badly i wanted to murder him yeah um well and it's almost this moment that causes him to open up like that
0: he says i fantasized about murdering oh,
1: There you go. You see. <laughs>
0: um the thing that got me about this episode uh, about that scene is um as he so bobby asked bobby asked don like what did your dad like to eat and um you know menus and food again that comes up and um don says he used to eat ham he used to really <laughs> like ham which was kind of which to me is like a boring kind of food stuff right it's like really kind of sweet like meat pretty, though yeah, but, you know, it's still kind of... It's still ham. It's still pretty dull.
1: Haven't had good ham, have you?
0: <laughs> but the reason I say... In in comparison to, I don't know, let's say the sweets that he mentions after yeah,
1: the, that. The, basically, they sound like palmer violets, don't yeah, they? Yeah, well,
0: yeah. I think they're palmer violets. No, they've... Yeah, something like that. Um, but what's really interesting about the way he describes... The, the palm of Alice is he describes the, the sweet, but then he describes the packaging mm-hmm. and he talks about the packaging in like really kind of
1: eloquently, like he's like wrapped in silver, yeah, exactly,
0: stuff, exactly. It? And it's yeah. like what we were talking about, you know, we were talking about ages ago, like a couple of weeks ago. We we're talking about how, um, Petit Un, the this thing that we in buying, um. Apple products. Mm. And how you only really buy them for the packaging. Yeah. That's kind of what he's kind of describing there. Where he's just talking about... And it's like, that's the fantasy. That's the phallus, right? It's that high. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) It isn't childish. I know, I like it. The The phallus is the is really the the whole point of it is it's this hidden thing that you can't get to that you really want to get to and you think that if you get to that thing you'll be happy and it'll give you all you want but really as soon as you get it you go i don't really want it anymore and you move on to something else that's what it is to be human um i think we should leave it there well i think
1: i think there's time for one more which is big up to sally for telling joan she's got big boobs that was that was the joan (laughs) moment of the week (laughs) Um, was how annoyed she looked when she was like my mummy has big boobs which means I'm going to have big boobs and Joan's just like oh this child you shouldn't have mentioned terrible that. you
0: shouldn't have mentioned that I was I was literally going to finish the show well
1: no no we're going to no we can still finish like we don't need to know that Joan is a phallus
0: <laughs> one last thing I've got to talk about it now so <laughs> so that, that seems really important right <laughs> because oh, that,
1: geez. that's basically
0: that whole thing that whole thing made me think that that scene the whole scene around it Helen's yawning now <laughs> the whole scene around it was uh about the whole scene around it was basically through the eyes of it, it was kind of almost like
1: it was Don uh, storming uh, out of the office yeah. wasn't it and it's almost like yeah this, was, you're it, watching
0: it it was an important point in um in Sally's life. And I, I'm not going to go into all of the stuff. But like, there's it's an important, really significant point in Sally's life. And, and it, the reason it shows me that is because when she says that about the boobs. She mentions her boobs. She mentions her mum's boobs. And she mentions Joan's boobs. And it's like those three different registers. So you've got like real boobs. <laughs> you've got imaginary boobs. And you've got symbolic boobs. The uh, symbolic okay. boobs are the ones that aren't there because they're they're um they're uh, Betty's boobies. And they're not there. And then you've got
1: if You're a grown-ass man, don't say boobies. <laughs>
0: and then you've got <laughs> You've got Jones boobs which are very, very real, right? And then you've got um <laughs> then you've got um <laughs> sally's moves (laughs) which are imaginary because they don't exist yet um anyway i think we should leave it
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think that's the best possible end to an episode you'll ever get so if you didn't make it this far (laughs) you've missed out if you have i'm gonna do a little tiny round of applause because (laughs) that was a lot um and you know we've had we've had phalluses and fetishes and Boobies. It's been a heck of a ride, but it's that's uh, that's call, that's calling it a day now. Yes, and
0: don't forget, everyone, Sopranos is even better. You get to see actual boobies.
1: Woo! <laughs> bye, bye, everyone. Bye.
0: bye.